Okay. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Angel Nears, the podcast. I'm your host, Oleg Kuchikov, and our guest today is Misha Benoliel, the CEO and co-founder of Nodal, the decentralized IoT network providing secure, low-cost connectivity and data liquidity to billions of IoT devices. Misha has been a pioneer in VOIP and launched several telecommunication services in the past decade. Back in 2011, Misha co-founded Open Garden, the creator of FireChat, the first off-the-grid messaging app leveraging peer-to-peer mesh networking. Today, we're talking with Misha about the finer points of connecting what was never connected before in the world that is geared towards becoming hyper-connected. Before we get into that, Misha, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg, for your introduction, and thank you for uh, having me on your show today. We're excited to have you. We're excited to learn a little bit more about you. So let's get started. Let's start with this. How did you get started in tech? Wow, that uh, comes back to a long time ago. I I was lucky that uh, when I was, I think, uh, seven or eight, uh, my father brought uh, to our house a, a microcomputer. It was a Zenith at that time. And um, when I was eight, I started to be really interested in these machines and I started to play on uh, programming. So I started to code when I was eight and uh, that's how I got into tech. Wow. And uh, tell me more about what you did, you know, between between Nodal, between uh, learning how to code and Nodal. So, uh, I mean, a lot has uh, has happened <laughs> since then. And my early age, uh, I mean, co- coding experience, I mean, maybe the most interesting and the most noticeable is uh, we can skip to when I, I basically started to build companies in the communications and, um, and later wireless space. So I um, early on in the in the beginning of 2000, I actually was running a small uh, voice over IP over IP uh, telco, and uh, I was lucky to meet with the Skype one of the Skype founders and at the time, and uh, when no telco wanted to work with Skype, and basically we were the first one to open up communications for Skype. So it's the the service of Skype in and Skype out that enables Skype users to place calls to mobile or landlines, or actually to have a a phone number ported onto the, the Skype network. More recently, so um, uh, I would say, I mean, after that, I, I moved to the US in 2011, founded a, a company called Open Garden, where we built a technology of peer-to-peer mesh uh, that was enabling at the very beginning, beginning smartphones to share uh, easily their mobile data with other phones or other devices. Uh, and that technology was really the base that enabled us to build the messaging app called FireChat that was originally built for Burning Man to enable people at Burning Man to uh, to exchange messages when there is no cellular network. And this app got a huge success. We uh, got more than a million installs uh, uh, one week after the launch. And it was uh, used not only for Burning Man, but in many different events more specifically uh, disaster recovery situations and very surprisingly also, but for good reasons, for pro-democracy protests around the globe. So for example, it is the app that all the students used in Hong Kong in 2014, uh, September, October, to organize the, uh, the Umbrella Revolution because they were afraid that uh, either the Chinese government or would have shut down access to the internet. Uh, but in reality, what happened is there were so many people in the street that all the cellular network were saturated and there was no way to basically uh, use any networks. So they used FireChat to exchange messages and, uh, and coordinate themselves. And uh, strong of that experience, I was um, actually uh, 
in India just before this happened and I stopped in Hong Kong for a layover and after a uh, hundred thousand people installed the app over 24 hours and decided to stay. And I spent 10 days in the city of Hong Kong uh, during this crazy event and realized that everywhere I was going, I could have uh, notifications of uh, fire chat user nearby. And I was really, really blown away because it was a kind of a, a new type of architecture, um, leveraging smartphones that uh, uh, was working like we, we expected and, and, and live and for hundreds of thousands of people at the same time. So I was really blown away and I realized that we could use this same kind of architectures for building networks that could do much more than just move messages. And that's how the first idea, I would say, for, for Nodal popped up. And a um, couple of years later, I left the company. And in 2016, I built the first prototype for Nodal and decided in 2017, and more specifically, end of 2017, to be full-time at Nodal, to build a, a network for connecting sensors and devices and really build a, a fully decentralized network. Continuing along the, that train of thought, can you give me like the ed- elevator pitch that you'd normally give for Nodal? Um, yes. So Nodal is a decentralized network that's built primarily using your smartphones. When you install the Nodal Cache app on your phone, your phone becomes a node in the network and, and, and the base station. And any device in proximity, any sensors can use your smartphone as a way to relay information to the internet or to acquire information from the internet. So it's really a network built using people's smartphone and people has an infrastructure. Um, talk about your vision at the company. What's the vision at Nodal? The vision is um, to connect the next three and things. We believe that there are so many things that will be connected and, and that we are going to really enter into what I call a hyper-connected world. When you look at some usual statistics or, or surveys made uh, about IoT, you hear that Uh, we are reaching uh, 30 billion devices or we're going to reach 50 billion devices. I actually believe that we are entering in a world where we're going to have hundreds of billions of things and at some point a trillion things connected. And that raises a lot of questions, questions around privacy, questions around security, complexity of how to deploy this kind of infrastructure. And that's really where we are working with Nodal. We believe we have a solution and an architecture that can enable things to connect extremely uh, simply. Uh, with very little effort for businesses, for people. And we also believe that we have a solution to bring the right privacy uh, and also the right security model around connecting all these uh, IoT devices and sensors. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get into the, the privacy and security bit. We definitely have questions for that. But let's start with talking about like the world of low-powered IoT devices and, and establishing uh, what's called a perimeter what kind of devices are we talking about here and, and why is it important to have them connected? So the, um, we use the Bluetooth interface and the latest standard in Bluetooth, which is Bluetooth, called Bluetooth Low Energy. And Bluetooth Low Energy is shipped on more than 50% of all uh, manufactured uh, IoT devices. So, for example, it's the same Bluetooth that you use when you use your headphones or the same Bluetooth that you use when you connect your phone to a wireless speaker. Uh, and uh, many appliances, uh, cars, air quality sensors, uh, weather-based stations, micro-mobility devices like e-scooters, for example, all these devices are using uh, the interface of Bluetooth Low Energy or have the interface already built in, uh, in, in the device. So that's one of the big uh, strong points about Nodal is uh, if you are a manufacturer, 
or if you are an operator of one of these devices, as long as your device uses the standard of Bluetooth Low Energy, you can easily join the neural network and, and use the neural network. And that's uh, basically one of the very strong points for, for whole network. When it comes to connecting the next three and things, I always like to mention that sentence uh, from a famous book that you should read if you are, I mean, if some of you who are listening are big fans of basically uh, what the world is going to look like in the future in terms also of, of networks and wireless, it's called Trillions. And there is a famous sentence in that book from uh, one of the authors, there are, I think, three authors of the book. Uh, they say basically that we're going to have more microprocessors that we have uh, bolts and nuts around us. And I think it's really the case. I think every device uh, that's going to be uh, built in the future will have its own uh, wireless uh, interface, microprocessor, and, and wireless identity. Whether they need to be connected all the time to the internet or just from time to time. Can you talk next about who benefits the most from having these IoT devices connected? Is it primarily governments and big companies or, or who benefits? Well, there are multiple use cases. The first benefit is, uh, and it's an easy one to explain, is for consumers. So uh, maybe I'm sure many of you have an iPhone. I'm sure uh, some of you have bought uh, the Apple AirTag. Uh, and so that's the kind of uh, the same, I would say, ar distributed architectures that we are using for building this network. So when you uh, have an Apple AirTag um, and you put it on your on your keychain or you put it in one of your bags, basically um, any iPhone device in proximity is able to pick up the encrypted identity of that Apple AirTag and, and, and be able to report the location. And that's how you can find basically a lost baggage or a lost luggage or if you left your key at home and you didn't know you left your keys at home, for example, for the car. You can you, you can discover that through, uh, through this service. And uh, Nodal is that service, but on steroids, where we can not only uh, serve the use case of uh, locating items, but we can also move data. And uh, we can do that uh, at actually very big scale and we can do it for industrial use cases. For example, we, uh, we have done tests at scale with uh, logistic companies, companies that are also shipping a lot of and using a lot of shipping pallets. Uh, you have 6 billion shipping pallets a year that are out there. We are also uh, doing tests with uh, companies in the rapid courier space because these uh, Bluetooth tags, I mean, actually the ones we are working on uh, now are going to be, uh, I mean, it has, has big as a sticker and even include a sensor, so much smaller than what you have with the Apple AirTag, for example. Uh, and then the cost of these things is going to go drastically down. I mean, sub, it's going to be sub-dollar. And at some point, hopefully, reach the cost of uh, RFID except uh, you can add sensors and accept that uh, the data generated uh, can be read by any smartphone. And that's the big plus of, uh, of, uh, of this network. Let's move on to security. We said we wanted to talk about that primarily. Security is the kind of first issue when it, that comes to mind when you, when you kind of think about all these connected devices. It, it, it opens up potential risk to have everything connected. Is a decentralized network better suited to handle uh, risks and vulnerabilities like this uh, than, than a centralized one? A decentralized network brings a lot of advantages. First, it brings more resiliency. And because it is uh, decentralized, yes, it, it has um, less risk of uh, getting the, that information basically hacked compared to a very uh, centralized network. 
Um, and what we do is uh, with our network and our platform, we provide also a way for uh, devices to be authenticated. Uh, that means verifying the identities of the devices remotely. We provide a way to encrypt the data traffic from these devices. Uh, so comparable, if you compare to the web, where now every website has a, an HTTPS address instead of having an HTTP address, um, we basically provide the equivalent of HTTPS, but for any devices. And that's also is running on whole network. Uh, how about Polkadot? What's Polkadot and where does Nodal fit in? So Polkadot is, um, is a blockchain uh, and a blockchain ecosystem. When we build this network, so the way we manage to have millions of smartphones contributing is because we have an incentive mechanism. So when people participate in the network and have, the, for example, the Nodal Cash app on their phone, they get paid every 30 minutes or less for participating uh, in the network and connecting devices. We get a lot of success. We reach uh, almost um, 1.4 million transactions a day back uh, last year in, uh, in May. And we were running at that time on another chain, which was a Stellar. But we were really saturating the Stellar chain. We were doing more than 40% of the traffic on that chain. And so um, we knew we had to change, um, either find another chain to be able to uh, realize the use cases we wanted to build, but also that we would probably uh, have, and that was the case, build our own chain. So we chose the open source of Polkadot to build our chain based on Substrate. So we built that chain, uh, migrated everyone. Uh, we have been running on production of our own chain since the months of June last year. Um, and now, uh, so the Polkadot ecosystem is opening up to have chains like ours to be able to, um, to, to become interoperable with other chains in the Polkadot ecosystem uh, through a, a system that they call uh, parachains. And, and the benefit of it is uh, when we become a parachain, then not only we can be interoperable with other chains in the Polkadot ecosystem and other parachains, but also it brings more security to the network because the Polkadot network today has something like, I think, 18,000 nodes participating and validating transactions. And at every, any given time, it's more than 300 nodes that basically validate the transactions. So um, the Polkadot ecosystem is great for enabling security to partner chains or parachains. And it's also great because the, the open source substrate enables us to customize the chain for the need of our industry. And that's a big, big, big differentiator uh, compared to um, other systems like the Ethereum chain, for example, which is more like a uh, do-it-all-on-one chain. And uh, so that's why we chose to, to build uh, on substrate and to join the Polkadot ecosystem. Can you talk maybe about uh, like what key assumptions have you made as you built and designed uh, how how your system functions and, and how it works as a service? Like building on this polka dot is a it's an assumption it's going to be used by lots of folks. Like what kind of what what kind of like functional requirements are you thinking about? What are you kind of assuming when you when you build and design this service? We. Uh... For first, we uh, we assume that the the Polkadot model of having an ecosystem of multiple chains uh, instead of having one main chain is is probably the right way to go to get eco uh, different industries customize the chains to their needs, and also the right way to be able to uh, to build security um, and to have uh, interoperability between these chains and have what uh, we call in the Polkadot ecosystem called composability, meaning that. Uh, Maybe an app developer, we want to build a service 
using uh, functionalities from one chain or from several chains and then build that service using the functionalities of these different chains. And that's something that's uh, very well enabled uh, through the Polkadot ecosystem with the power chains. That being said, um, and I think it's an important point, and uh, you can tell me if you want me to to actually dig into the rabbit hole there, it's uh, to become a power chain in the Polkadot ecosystem, you need uh, to win what they call a para, the parachain auction to have a slot on the Polkadot ecosystem, uh, and uh, and for that you you call the community actually to to commit their uh, tokens, the DOT tokens, to to your project, and you 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 win uh, a slot against other projects com- with with which you are competing. Yeah, dive into that. Is that like a random chance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we uh, we actually going uh, for a parachain slot. We announced that uh, two weeks ago now. Uh, I'm super excited. I think we have uh, more than uh, six thousand people now who manifested interest and said they wanted to participate. Uh, and we are going to uh, to let everyone come and participate and and then commit their dots in a in a week uh, in a week from now. And if you are interested, you can already. Uh, enter your information to be notified. The, the website is parachain.nodal.com. So nodle.com. Okay. But that's very exciting. Yeah, good luck. L- let's continue talking about Nodal and kind of, um, you know, the, the, the company you've built here. Tell us about the, the origin story. What kind of insights did you have that led you to start Nodal? So like I said, we uh, I mean, the first idea popped up when I, I saw that this kind of dis- distributed and uh, decentralized architecture was working. I call that the smartphone infrastructure. And I really uh, believe that that was the way of, uh, actually to build the infrastructure because it can be deployed very fast just using software. Uh, it can enable a network for Bluetooth uh, devices and sensors that can become very, very useful for many use cases. I mean, earlier I mentioned the uh, industry and logistic use case for location of items, but uh, you can build services for smart cities. Uh, you can build uh, services for consumer um, electronic devices, manufacturers. So there are really many applications. You can build also services for the financial industries because you can, uh, if you want, gather a lot of insights through that network. And um, and so the, the goal is really to, to build a, an ecosystem where uh, to build the infrastructure, actually, people participate with their existing devices. Today, it's smartphone. We already made a partnership with a company like Cisco Meraki to have that network run on their routers. We believe tomorrow it can be cars. So why not having, for example, your Tesla car becoming a node in network and uh, connecting to sensors and devices as you drive? Maybe it's going to pay for the, the energy you consume. So that's where really where we want to go. We started with Bluetooth low energy because it's very simple, because it's a standard, because more than 50% of all IoT devices already have Bluetooth. But we are testing today on cellular, on open uh, cellular spectrum like uh, CBRS. And so my co-founder, Garrett, for example, when we call each other on cellular, we use our own um, uh, 4G network. And uh, so we think that at some point we will bring uh, this incentivization model to uh, 4G, 5G base stations that would incentivize people to uh, to um, to build the infrastructure, the cellular infrastructure, and be rewarded for it. It's a really interesting vision with like a lot of opportunity, around, a lot of opportunity baked in. Well, if um, if you, if I may, the 
and, and push the vision further, I would say that I believe that at some point, actually, it's going to be your smartphone. I believe at some point on your smartphone, you will be able to use more than Wi-Fi, more than Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. uh, Bluetooth to actually relay information. I think at some point your smartphone may become a cellular base station and you will be able to have communications with other smartphones around, like maybe half a mile away without having to go through the, the centralized system, without having to go through a cell tower. And I think that uh, is very powerful. It means more resiliency in the network. It, may, it means more easy communications. It, it means also more free communication mm-hmm. because uh, then you rely only on the decentralized network built by the people. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Just a, a look behind the curtain. As we record this, we're having some latency issues. Um, so uh, a, a, a second network or a stronger, more resilient network sounds incredible. <laughs> But that being said, this is a, yeah, it, it, it's a big project you're taking on, and I'm sure you take that seriously. You have, actually, are you a solo founder or co-founder? I am so sorry. I am a co-founder. My co-founder, um, his name is, is Garrett Kinsman. Uh, so we have been two building this, uh, this network. And and, um, and when we started back in 2017, I think we were uh, you were probably just uh, three people at that time, and um, and now the company has uh, almost 50 people working uh, full time. So it's uh, super exciting to see the company growing. We went through all the stages you can imagine a startup can go uh, with the up and downs, and um, we even. Last year, we did a pivot and, and we helped, uh, try to help for the COVID, uh, to fight COVID uh, with the knowledge we had in networking. And, um, and I would say since the beginning of this, of this year, things are really booming and the company is really uh, becoming able to execute on its uh, long-term vision uh, and ambitious vision because it's a, it's a pretty ambitious project. But I think we have the right uh, team, the right caliber uh, of people uh, who have been joining the project till now to make this become a reality in the future. Really interesting. Can you talk more about uh, you know who you founded the company with and, and what your backgrounds were? Because y- y- it seems like you come from kind of a really technical kind of like hands-on builder background. I, I didn't ask, but I assume you were a developer at some point. Yeah. W- what's your experience and, and, and the experience of your partners? I was just coding uh, when I was a kid, as I mentioned earlier in my introduction. And uh, no, quickly I, I, I stopped coding. So I'm more like the, the visionary, I would say, person. And then uh, also I'm an entre- I've been an entrepreneur uh, many times. So I'm used to build companies and businesses. And I think my main talent is really in, uh, in bringing the right people to, um, to make this idea become a, become a reality. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, my main talent is to, to bring the right people together uh, to execute uh, on that idea. My, my co-founder is, um, is very knowledgeable in the, sp- in the space of um, hardware and wireless. After we had the first experience working together, he went uh, in India and worked for a company called Ola Cab which is the equivalent of Uber in India. And uh, he was uh, responsible for building Ola Play, which is basically the, the, the stereo and media system uh, that goes into every cab where that delivers basically content to passengers in the car. And uh, the amazing thing that he did there is that the, all these cars became automatically also Wi-Fi hotspots. 
So it was one probably of the largest distributed uh, infrastructure for Wi-Fi using uh, using cars. And uh, so we, he has a pretty strong background also, uh, and that's helping for uh, for uh, basically building uh, this vision of Nodal and uh, building this uh, this giant network. Then uh, we uh, we have people in the team who are extremely uh, good at uh, blockchain or chief blockchain officer, uh, Elliot was a very, very young in blockchain. Uh, I mean, I remember when he came to work with us in the US, he was just, uh, he just turned 21 years old. And um, uh, we have a very strong PhD in mesh networks. There are only a few of these people with Lucien. Uh, and uh, no, I mean, it's really an amazing team. Uh, and like I said, in the last year, we have really brought, uh, and people came to us actually to work and to, to help us really build this network and make it a reality, but really, really great profiles of people. Yeah, it sounds sounds like it. And I'm glad I asked because I was definitely off. So next, let's talk about uh, timing. You know, timing is key for startups. Why is now the right time for your company? So there are many reasons for that. One is before we didn't have technologies of blockchain or or, um, or, or, or even cryptography that was not as accessible as it is today. So I think the fact that you can uh, build cryptocurrencies, build blockchain and decentralized networks, I mean, these technologies now are, have reached a certain maturity. Uh, you have more than 100 million users of uh, crypto wallets. And using blockchain, you can actually create a way to create a new sort of incentivization model. And that's really uh, possible today. And it was not possible before. So because of that, uh, we could have people installing our app, starting to connect to sensors and devices just because they, they want to do it to earn the token in the ecosystem. And that's really something which is new and it's possible now compared to what basically how people were building networks in the last, uh, in the last um, 25 years. So it's really, I think it's something really new. Then you have some uh, regulatory aspects and you have also... Uh, the, the standards in wireless that are just becoming better and better. So uh, the Bluetooth, for example, and Bluetooth Low Energy uh, is a very, very good standard. It's uh, completely open. Uh, it's easy to use. Uh, it is interoperable between Bluetooth Low Energy devices when they respect the standard. So that makes things very easy uh, to interconnect devices. And then when it comes to regulation, um, more and more, I think governments want to open up uh, ways for uh, making access easier for enterprise and people. And you have more and more spectrum that uh, before was only uh, sold through auctions to telcos that is now becoming available and free to use, uh, like CBRS. Uh, and CBRS enables you to actually use technologies of 4G or 5G. So you can have a base station today that's going to enable you to connect a smartphone using cellular uh, connectivity on 4G or 5G using the open uh, spectrum of CBRS. And that's a big, big, big plus, and it's really new, and I think it's going to change a lot of, uh, of how, actually, the infrastructure is built uh, in the future. And then another reason is more to the, I would say, the, the exponential uh, acceleration of, uh, of wireless um, technologies like technologies like 5G, uh, but also miniaturization of the wireless interface. So today you can build uh, really a, a sticker or the size of a sticker uh, that basically has a, a wireless interface 
has also its own battery that can include uh, uh, even a, a solar powered battery that can include sensors and it is becoming extremely extremely small to the point that we we, we are able to print these things and so um, so that's also a big a, a big trend that, that, that I think makes it possible today and would have been possible in the past and also uh, why I think that we are entering a world with a, yeah with a not tens of billions but hundreds of billions of things and at some point a trillion things connected it sounds like a lot of things are coming together how about the nodal native token how does that fit in so the nodal token was um, uh, created originally to to uh, be able to incentivize the participation of people in the network so we have co- created something uh, which is called a proof of connectivity which is a, a proof of work and uh, if you are familiar with Bitcoin, for example, the proof of work in Bitcoin, uh, uh, if you want to earn Bitcoin, you have to solve uh, equations that the system basically is sending to the participants. And that's how you can generate um, a, a Bitcoin if you are lucky. Uh, and, uh, and, and in whole system, you generate the nodal cash by participating in a network and having your smartphone being a node and moving data. So the more data you move, the better quality of the data you move, the more often you participate, then the more nodal cash, which is hot token, you're going to be generating through your smartphone activity. And that's the first um, purpose of the token in the ecosystem. And it's also the token, it works like a credit. So if you compare that to telecom credit, if you are a business and you want to access some of the services on the network, either it's just pure internet access, or if it is to use a service to locate items or devices, through our network, you have to pay with the nodal cash token. And any service that other developers will build on the network will to be used, they will, people will have to use a, a credit in nodal cash. So that's how basically we are, we are building um, this network and making and bringing more and more utility for this token. We also think that at some point, devices will automatically exchange services and then the token can become a way, a way for these devices to to pay each other for different kind of services. Next, let's look under the hood. Talk about your technology stack and, and what kind of important choices did you have to make early on? So it's a very good, uh, interesting question. I think I touched a little bit on, on that before. So the, um, I mean, the most important choice we made lately is around the blockchain. And the decision was to actually decide to, uh, to build our own chain. And for that, we, we also wanted to have the support of a community and we chose to, to build on the substrate, which is the open source uh, on which Polkadot is, be- is built. And I think that was the right choice. Uh, at the time, we were hesitating between um, two ecosystems. We thought, oh, maybe we want to build on Cosmos. And, uh, and finally, we really um, liked the vision of, uh, I think, Web3 Foundation uh, and, uh, and, and the Web3 uh, principles. And, and, and the vision from Gavin Wood. Uh, so that's why we, we decided to go for, um, for Polkadot and more specifically for, 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 for Substrate and to build on Substrate. I was lucky that uh, actually I met Vitalik and uh, Gavin back in 2014 because they, uh, they were um, very interested in, um, in, in actually the, the messaging app that uh, we built with Garrett, FireChat. And uh, they wanted to know if I wanted to have them participate in Ethereum. It was really the early time when they really started to gather money and find co-founders to, to build Ethereum. Uh, at the time, I was pretty skeptical <laughs> and uh, uh, because I was wondering how they would actually 
be able to gather all these servers to validate uh, transactions for the smart contracts. And then uh, I think they modified a little bit their model. They introduced the principles of mining, uh, which is also, again, a, a way to incentivize people to maintain the, the validator nodes. And, uh, and that's also yeah, something that's possible because of, of blockchain and, and, and cryptocurrencies. And um, yeah, so I always thought that Gavin was a, a big visionary in the space. And that's why I think we, we also trusted that uh, what he was about to build was probably uh, the, right, the right way to do things. Uh, we also believe that customizing your own chain for your industry is so important. Let's talk about your customers next. Um, who are the primary users of Nodal? So we've run many tests and we have a few customers in the logistic space, mainly around location of items. The, we did a, uh, an interesting uh, experience with, uh, with the city of Paris. So they have um, a very beautiful furniture, which are public furniture for uh, the city that go into parks, and they are 3D printed. And they realized quickly that some of these uh, benches, for example, were going to be or were stolen or were going to be stolen. So they wanted to find a way to actually locate them. And um, and also to uh, to get feedback from people uh, who are using all these infrastructures in the city. So um, we did um, a first experiment with them. Uh, and uh, so if a user has a, an app with her um, SDK, like an app of the city, for example, if it comes in proximity to one of these benches, uh, the person can be prompted uh, with questions um, to answer, like, do you like the, the park where you are? Why would you improve these kind of things? But also automatically the, um, the, the public infrastructure, so the, 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 the furniture, like the benches basically is located. And if it gets moved, uh, basically then any of the citizen with, uh, with this app basically can locate where it is. So that was an interesting use case. We did another one with a, a, a large um, consumer uh, um, brand in a company in the US that's uh, the importer of the Corona beer, um, Constellation Brands. Uh, and they wanted to locate um, commercial displays because they had very expensive commercial displays um, for their distribution network. And they wanted to know if these actually these displays were getting used by their distributors. So they used the network to figure out if these displays were actually staying still in warehouses or they were actually used to display the, the different uh, uh, beverages that basically they are selling uh, to the consumers. So um, that was another interesting experiment. We did uh, another one with a, um, also a, a European railway for locating shipping pallets and pack packages in very, very large warehouses. Uh, and today we have more like uh, logistic companies using the network, still very early. Um, and one, for example, is using the network to locate packages in, uh, and shipping pallets in airports. Uh, it's still very the, the early stage. The, the focus of our efforts today is really still on growing the network uh, and yeah, once we have reached a certain size, then we'll start to, to actually accelerate on the, on the implementation and of new uh, applications. And that we want the, actually the community and developers to build on the network. And we will also accelerate on having more, on bringing more uh, enterprise and business partners to use the network. Yeah, definitely some interesting use cases there. Let, let's continue by talking about the go-to-market. How do, you, how do you reach these customers and let them know like Nodal is something they should be using so the, the, the i would say the the marketing of uh, the nodal cash app 
or the marketing of the SDK, which is the networking library that you can add to your mobile app. I mean, there are two very different channels. The Noodle Cash app gets more marketed through the community. So we have a very important community on Telegram. It's t.me slash Noodle community. You can join anytime. We have a big community on Discord. Uh, we have a, start to have a good following on Twitter now. Uh, so uh, yeah, a lot of the growth um, for the app uh, is going through the through the community. We have a, a referral program that's going to be out actually pretty soon. That when you bring your friends to the app, then you also get more rewarded with more than the cash. For the SDK for app developers, it's a different channels. We reach out to certain categories of mobile applications and mobile application developers, and we uh, we try to make sure that uh, basically. They want to uh, have a model um, and earn revenues, which is different from just pure advertising. Uh, and, uh, and that's what we offer them. We offer them a model so they can monetize their presence on smartphones without having to sell user data, without having to show ads to users. And that uh, that's accounts for the big part, actually, of our network today. Uh, how do you, how about you? Um, you know, you mentioned other people generating revenue. Um, how, how does Nodal generate revenue? So the Nodal is kind of the inventor and the creator of that uh, of that network. Uh, so as a company, uh, our goal is really to get to the point where this network is fully decentralized uh, and operating by itself. I mean, the same way Bitcoin is today completely autonomous and operating. Uh, and uh, we want to let app developers and uh, engineering companies build their services uh, and also generate revenue from that. And uh, the model is based on the fact that at some point, uh, so developers build apps, sell the services from these apps to businesses and enterprise or consumers, and the revenue uh, generated from these services, a share of it goes back to the community of people building the network. So people like you and me, for example, with the Nodal Cash app. And uh, a very small, tiny uh, share of revenue will go back to the inventor and creator of the network, so basically Nodal. And then the rest goes back to the app developer or the, the company that basically has created the service on top of the network. So uh, our role is really to uh, evangelize this network, show people what can be built on the network, and um, and make sure that uh, that the network grows basically at the right pace to, to have more and more people joining this fantastic ecosystem. Okay, makes sense. Let's kind of move to the end of the interview. What's one thing about Nodal that makes you stand out uh, from the crowd? So I think the well, f- first I I'm really in love with my team. Uh, I think Nodal is uh, is has assembled a, a team of amazing talents and amazing people who are contributing every day. Um, and and I think Nodal is actually a very important project. Because uh, connectivity, wireless, is really, really key when it comes to exchanging information, to accessing information, to guarantee freedom of speech. Uh, sometimes when you have a network, and uh, that's the kind of thing where basically uh, um, it, it, it can become very important. And then uh, also, how can we make sure that uh, we enter in a future where, because we're going to have a billion things connected, basically the solutions to enable all these things to connect, guarantee people's privacy, uh, and make sure that things are secure, uh, and uh, and ultimately uh, we guarantee that maybe some of that access for consumers will be completely free, because I think that's how you can 
actually uh, bring more and more people uh, uh, to to access the internet is 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 a, is a, is a key thing. And uh, even today, you still have parts of the globe where it's still hard to access information or to access the internet. So I think that's why Nodal is so important. It's a uh, if you look at uh, classifying the different projects, in Nodal is really a network, so it's like a layer zero. Uh, you have the blockchain on the layer one, uh, and then uh, we want to let app developers build all the applications on top of it uh, to use that network. And um, and uh, yeah, I think what we do is is really fundamental and essential uh, for the future to guarantee uh, better privacy, better security, and uh, more resilient access to the internet. Uh, for things and at some point for people. So I think that's why Nodal is so important and uh, so different than many other projects uh, in that space, for example. So Misha, you are an experienced founder and entrepreneur that comes with a lot of, well, it's like an emotional roller coaster at times, right? Can you tell me just, uh, you know, as a founder and, and entrepreneur, what was a moment of great joy for you? And, and what was a moment like um, of, of, uh, maybe not depression, but what's your highest high and your lowest low to this point? Well, that's a very good question. A very, very good question. My lowest low. I, I'm going to say something which I think is very, very important if you want to become or anyone who listens who wants to be an entrepreneur. I mean, uh, it goes beyond uh, beyond believing in something. It's, uh, it's really about faith. You really have to have faith in what you do and what you are building and your vision. Because uh, if you don't have that faith, then it's going to be very hard to go through the low lows like you, you explained. I, I remember uh, some people in my team uh, last year was very hard for us. Where they say, and, and these are basically partners who have half my age. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for some time now. Hey, Misha, it's too painful. I mean, we cannot go through that. It's have to stop. And I, I was telling them, you know, just stay still, wait, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. And, uh, and if you look at what I say, being rational in the moment when I said it, there was no rational to explain that. I just had faith. And uh, I had that many times in my past businesses. And I think it's a very, very important quality for a founder. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to build a company. The high highs and the biggest moment of joy I personally enjoyed uh, in the past the roller coaster, uh, even if you go through very difficult moments. <laughs> but because I like to battle and I like big challenges, but uh, the, the moments of joy, uh, I mean, I, I had many already, and I can just name a few. I think the first time we shipped our app on the first blockchain phone, which was the HTC, and the app got shipped, uh, pre-installed on the phone. I think that we were, it was a very happy moment. Uh, because it was kind of a recognition in the, of, of our project in the industry. The, the moment when uh, you realize that the community, not only you and your team, basically is really believing in what you do and want to support you is, a, is, a, is also a fantastic uh, moment and it brings, a, brings great joy. And, uh, and then it's, uh, I mean, I, I have joys all, all, all the time now I mean, by just by interacting with my team and uh, making things happen, be able to execute better uh, and, uh, and, and seeing that the early ideas, which was just an idea, are, are turned into something that's working and can be action, is actionable, that can generate money. 
is is also joyful. And um, but I think we are still at the very beginning, so I don't want to get excited too fast. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, and we are yeah we are just at the beginning of the journey there. Of course. Oh well, uh, great answer. I think that'll speak to a lot of folks. Let's end here. Uh, in addition to Nodal, you're also a co-founder of the Coalition Network, and you're an entrepreneur in residence at Bootstrap Labs. Can you say a couple words about these organizations and what they mean to you? Uh, yes. So the Coalition Network is actually a, a nonprofit we created last year to help during COVID, and we use our knowledge uh, in uh, networking to build a privacy-first contact tracing protocol. It ended up being um, I mean, the type of architecture that Apple and Google decided to implement for their own solution for um, uh, for contact tracing, which is now called exposure notifications. And it was more like a contribution to try to help because we saw a lot of governments building systems that were not that private. And we wanted to bring a solution that could enable and, and improve people's privacy in the context of, uh, of contact tracing. So that was more to do good, and uh, and we mainly worked on this last year. Um, the Bootstrap Labs is a, is a is a venture firm that is focused on a project around artificial intelligence. Um, I have some knowledge in that space. I also uh, believe that we're going to start using more and more artificial intelligence in our own space with Nodal. And so they believed I had the right expertise in the space of uh, telecommunications and wireless and, and communications to actually uh, advise on some of the projects they are, have been investing. And they are also among the people who supported us uh, with Nodal. So that's my involvement with, uh, with Bootstrap Labs. All right. Awesome. Um, and before we get out of here, what's the best way for our listeners who uh, want to reach you and learn more about Nodal? Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? So um, the best way is, um, I would say, to start to learn about us is to install our mobile app, the Nodal Cash app. I think if you do HTTPS uh, uh, colon dash dash basically uh, Nodal dot Cash, you can uh, directly download the app. Our website is uh, Nodal dot com and Nodal dot com. Uh, and uh, the best thing is just yeah, go to my profile on LinkedIn or on one of my social media and just reach out to me uh, if you want to, if you have questions, I'm always happy to answer those questions from engineers and people who want to build companies or have ideas. Uh, I'm here to help. I mean, I, I, I love actually uh, try, trying to bring more of what I have learned over the years and, and then share what I have learned with other people if it can be helpful. Also, I'm also open to make introductions. I have pretty good network today and uh, that can help you. And uh, I mean, maybe last thing I can tell you about Noodle is uh, the name. The actually the stealth name was uh, Noodle with two O, and uh, we settled on Noodle and Odiali for Network Operator of Device Low Energy. So that's basically the origin of the name. Awesome. Uh, I used to ask that question on on most of my shows, but I've sw- since stopped. But I. I- it's a great answer, so I kind of wish I had. Um, thank you for sharing. Uh, we'll, we're going to end the podcast here. Uh, if you liked our show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating. Misha, thank you for joining the show. We appreciate uh, your expertise, your time, and your insights, and would love to get you back on here someday. Well, thank you, Oleg, for having me on your show. Oh.